1: Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome in to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pegnana, with you guys as always. And tonight it is time to officially dive into the 2024 recruiting trail for the Tar Heels. They did land two more commitments. Uh, we did, of course, uh talk to you guys about Evan Bennett's commitment, but Carolina has since been doing some work. Uh, on the recruiting trail for 2024. So we're going to talk to you about the two guys that Carolina has already landed in the class. And then since we have officially put a bow on the 2023 class, which we're not even going to mention, really talk about that at all. There were some other teams that, you know, used that. To their advantage, uh, most notably locally, South Carolina, probably a lot of Tar Heel fans know, uh, they landed a five-star prospect. Carolina was done after the early signing period. They told us as much, and so uh, everything has been focused on that 24 trail. And now, with the 2023 class officially wrapped, it's one of our favorite podcasts of the year. It's when we lay out our 10 most wanted players in the 2024 class, you guys uh, don't want to miss that. Me and Zach giving you uh, our list for this year of the guys that we think Carolina should prioritize on the recruiting trail. But as I mentioned, Carolina already doing some work on that 2024 trail, and it started um, a co- You know, now almost a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, about a week and a half ago. Um, you know, they 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 added their second commitment in the 2024 class but they're first in state and that that's a big thing for carolina and look it's at a position where carolina really has not done a great job of taking care of their their in-state guys and that's along the offensive line so this is a nice start for them 2024 offensive tackle desmond jackson uh from west forsyth high school in clemens north carolina you may remember uh, a couple of years ago now Carolina had um you know one of the top players uh in the state out of West Forsyth High School along the offensive line that got away from them they had him committed at one time um in Jared Wilson and he ended up committing elsewhere so this is, you know, Carolina gets in early here. This will be one that will probably pick up some steam, you would imagine, um, you know, as as he moves forward, especially if he goes, uh, you know, this summer or really th- this spring and uh, impresses at some of these camps. But for Carolina to get in on, on this one early, to land this commitment, uh, it really it feels like a, a big move for Carolina Um, In many different ways. One, you know, just for the in-state recruiting, but two, really huge because it's the first commitment under new offensive line coach Randy Clements. Uh, Zach, I know this one's not one that's going to blow people away in terms of the star rating. As of right now, he's still actually unranked, but it feels like this is a good starting point for Carolina as they try to build an offensive line that is going to suffer some losses after this upcoming season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, just to preface, uh, probably both of these commitments as well as uh, the linebacker we discussed last week, um, a lack of a rating thus far is not really going to be a big factor at the moment. It's still pretty early in the 2024 cycle. I mean, 2023 just ended. So, you know, a lot of these guys, unless it's the sort of the higher end four and five stars don't really have rankings as of yet there's still you know going to be opportunities for junior film to be evaluated there's obviously going to be camps campus visits things like that here in the spring so i think that we'll have a better idea of where these guys stand in the coming months but uh, to start with you know desmond specifically like you mentioned it is always good to Um, you know, take care of the guys that you have in state uh, Desmond, specifically out of West Forsyth and Clemens, North Carolina. But um, I think that it's also good that, you know, having a new offensive line coach, you have um, a guy in Randy Clements that's already started doing evaluations and picking out guys that he wants. Obviously Randy does have a good reputation at places such as uh, Baylor um, and Houston for developing offensive lines and uh, I think that it's you know no different here that you know he he has sort of that pedigree has the experience and you know you you would also think that he would be able to develop guys that maybe have that sort of you know lower rating or aren't specifically four and five star guys or top 500 guys necessarily which you know we don't know on Desmond as of yet uh, just from a preliminary glance at the film that we, Steve is listed at about 6'5", 6'4", um, and then out 290. Looking just at the frame, I think he carries it pretty well. He already looks pretty well built for his age. Uh, plays a lot of left tackle there for Wes Forsyth. One of the main things I notice is just, you know, his feet, I, whether it be moving side to side or moving blockers up the field. Um, there's not really a lot of pass sets that you can see, which is pretty standard uh, for high school film um but you you just see a lot of that movement and that's really a a trait that you like to pick up on is that a a guy his size can still be pretty nimble uh either you know moving out to block in in sort of man or power blocking schemes or, or taking his you know assigned blocker up the field so i think that this is a really good starting pickup i think this is a guy that you know maybe he gets out into some of these camps maybe you know, like our rivals are under our camp, something like that is able to show off what he can do. Uh, And that'll probably give us a better idea of where he stands from a a pass blocking standpoint. But um, when when you look at the combination of, you know, new offensive line coach, Randy Clements alongside the new O.C. and shift long, um, I do think that there's going to be an added emphasis on running the ball and Mm -hmm. then run blocking. And, And it's hard to ask for a better option here, at least from the current stage where he's at, than Desmond Jackson. I think that this is a great first addition to, you know, what is going to be uh, probably a pretty concrete and, and building block offensive line class in 2024.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know one of the big things with him is is like you said, him as a pass protector. It's going to take some time, um, and we've seen that before with some of the guys that Carolina has brought in. Uh, the thing with him is, I, you know, with the size that he's already got on him, at 6'4", 290, um, not exactly, you know, super tall, but he's a guy that you wonder, you know, if he puts on a little bit more weight, the way he run blocks, he could be a guy that could, you know, pl- he could play tackle for Carolina if he needed to left tackle. I think the reason he plays that in high school and all honesty, again, happens with a lot of these guys. He's simply their best offensive lineman. So they're going to put him at left tackle and figure everything else out because that's the most important position um, on the field. So I think that you'll you'll see him probably be if he's going to stay a tackle he'll probably move to the right side but I think he's a guy that has the capability of moving inside to guard and I think it actually would probably be a little bit better for his skill set because I think he he really is as as good of a run blocker um, as you, as you're going to see Carolina land in this class there are some other guys that Carolina is looking at but this is a guy that just simply overpowers defensive lineman over and over again on film. And, I mean, look, he he had 35 knockdown blocks a year ago, didn't allow a single sack as well. But, again, in the offense that he plays, not really sure how impressed you're really supposed to be with that. It's it's the knockdown blocks that are a little more impressive for him. But the thing is, is not only did he earn all-conference recognition, in the state of North Carolina, he earned all-state. And I think that is a pretty – big honor for him especially you know with some of the guys that we saw come out of the state this year carolina let a few of them get away from him um but for him to be one of the top 5 offensive linemen in the state um and and it's all subjective but still that feels that feels like it's a pretty big thing and I'll be interested to see how he builds off of it this year um you would imagine as you said he's going to be at some of these camps do you know does him going there sort of allow some of these people to reevaluate him and and put him inside that top group because yeah I mean I, I I get you know what you're saying that it's still a little bit early but I mean, there are about 600 guys that are already ranked in the 2024 recruiting class. So um, you're going to start to see these guys. Oh, look, Carolina, th- this last class, um, sort of, you know, that they recruited in that 700 range, six, 700 range real often. Um, and I think that ultimately that is what this is going to be. Should this, th- th- Carolina needs offensive line help. In this class, they probably need guys that will be potentially be able to make an early impact because there's a lot of veterans for Carolina on the offensive line again this year. A lot of those will leave after the season is over, and a lot of the guys that are behind them have not yet proven anything. Now, that they, they could this upcoming season, but as of right now, when you're recruiting, you should be looking to bring in guys that can compete for jobs. So I don't think this is the I, this is more of a developmental pickup, more of a depth pickup. But I, I still think that it's a really solid player uh, that they're bringing in. Let's move to the second commitment that Carolina gets. So they go back and, and get another offensive lineman, this time out of the state of Georgia. So Carolina off to a hot start. Again, we have told you. On this podcast here talking about the 24 class, we, we said it when we were talking um, about Evan Bennett and his commitment that the state of Georgia is going to be the second most important state for Carolina in this 24 class. They have offered a ton of guys there. And in order for this class to get back to where they need to be for Carolina to continue to move forward as a program, um, which is, you know, around that range that they were, even if they can get inside the top 20, you would feel pretty comfortable. They have to recruit uh, well in North Carolina and in Georgia, well, there are three commitments. Two are from Georgia, one's from North Carolina. And uh, the third commitment in the class is 2024 offensive tackle Andrew Razinski, who committed after he took a visit to campus uh, the prior weekend uh, before his visit. Um, this one, you know, pretty significant for Carolina. Well, once again, this, this was a guy that Carolina had, you know, just recently offered and, you Uh, he, He did, you know, take a visit to campus during the year, but he had not met offensive line coach Randy Bennett until he took his visit to campus, his unofficial visit, a couple of weeks ago. He likes what he sees, and he goes ahead and commits to Carolina. And so... This one, uh, uh, I think a little bit more significant for Carolina. I think Rosinski's a guy that'll probably get ranked at some point. Um, more of a traditional offensive tackle type. Uh, the thing about him that's a little confusing right now at this point is it's hard to tell what exactly he is size-wise. He's six. we know that. But other than that, there are so many different weights that have come in for him. Um, his you know, junior film on Huddle lists him at 272 pounds, but his 24-7 sports profile has him at 282 pounds. Um, so regardless, adding weight is going to be important for him, but it, it's kind of hard to figure out exactly where he is still, uh, with where he's at, it, it looks like, Zach, this this is more of a, a, a traditional tackle fit um, than Jackson, who we talked about earlier. Uh, Jackson being more of a bigger guy that is going to specialize in run blocking situations. I think Rosinski, really, really good run blocker as well, but a little bit thinner, a little more athletic probably lends well to him staying a tackle. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to agree with all of that. Like you
0: mentioned, uh, 6'6", but weight is kind of uh, in flux. Just looking at the film, I'd probably lean more towards the 272 than I would the 282, and and both, you know, they're going to need to be additional weight. But just based on where he's at right now, I don't think that that should be too much of a problem once he gets into either, you know, into his senior year or into, you know, college strength and conditioning program. I don't think that'll be an issue. But like you mentioned you do see more of the uh pass blocking alongside run blocking uh, another guy that seems to move really well but seems to you know be at home sort of doing multiple things um so you know with that i, I think that you'll see more of something um you know more traditional and i, I think like you mentioned you will be a guy that, that's gonna have probably a little bit more of an opportunity to showcase his skills in sort of a camp setting, being able to, you know, getting those one-on-ones. Um, so I think he's a guy that probably a little bit more than Jackson, we could see rise in the rankings, but yeah, I mean, not to echo everything that you mentioned, but have to agree with really all of that, that this one seems to be a little bit more important and maybe a little bit more of a, you know, an early con- contributor to the offensive line under Randy Clemens.
1: Yeah, and and look, I mean, you you go through his accolades, very similar to what we saw from Desmond Jackson, a second team All Region honors, um, and so you would expect probably not an All State guy. Well, he's a first team All State guy. How that makes sense? Couldn't really tell you, um, but you know, to be named first team All State again. Really, really solid. He plays uh, in a really good class in the state of Georgia at the 6A level. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we talked about a little bit with Evan Bennett that concerned us a little bit was that he played at the independent level there. Uh, so, clearly, I mean, you could just watch the tape and see really, really undersized guys. Not the case when you watch Rosinski at View High School. Um, he's a you know a guy that's going up against good competition. Um, I thought, you know. So some of the things that really stuck out to me, uh, I, I thought his hand placement was tremendous, um, especially for someone of you know uh, of his age in high school. Um, and it really allowed him to sort of drive guys off the line of scrimmage and also has a little bit of that mean streak to him, tosses guys aside. That's something that we see with Jackson as well. And it's something that this offensive line, it feels like at times, has just lacked. I think that's one of the big things when you go back and watch a guy like Awesome Richards. I think Awesome Richards does a lot of things really, really well technically. But there are times where you honestly question, does he have the mean streak to him to just knock guys down off the ball? Well, each of these two guys, it seems like that's a part of their game. And, and it seems like it shows up pretty often. Um The big part of that again is, is really, really. He's a guy that does a lot in run blocking. Um As you mentioned, you you see a little bit more of him in pass protection, still the area that he's going to have to develop. And I, I think at this point, it, it, you said it earlier when we were talking about Jackson, that's something you see basically with every high school player. Now Um it's rare that, I mean, th- there are some, Offenses that are becoming more modern, Um, and you know we'll talk about a couple of the guys that play in more modern systems later on uh, in this podcast when we're going through some of our guys that are in the top ten that we that we have for our most wanted guys. But you know you see a lot of this still teams that are extremely run heavy because they just don't have the talent um, overall, and so uh, I think you know the thing with him when you watch him as a run blocker. Uh, I think he has a really good first step, uh, especially when he's going downhill and, and and trying to climb to that second level. And I also think he does a really good job of keeping the pad level low, which is something that you want to see from your offensive lineman. You don't want to see guys standing straight up out of their stance. Um, and so I I, I think there's, there's a lot to like about him. Um, has some nice athleticism as well. Uh, and I really do think that this is one that you know, may take a little bit of time to develop. Mainly the thing with him is going to be the size. Uh, but if he is able to put on that weight, and they they could start to do that, especially now that he is committed, they could start to do that this year, try to get him to add a little more weight for his senior year of high school. Uh, he is definitely a guy that you could see probably having – An earlier impact, at least, than Desmond Jackson on the offensive line. And uh, like I said, I think opportunities on the offensive line are going to be there because there is just not much proven behind the starters. We have heard it for years now. Mac Brown wants to run with nine or ten deep. And we hear, you know, during spring ball and even early on in fall camp that it that they're liking what they're seeing from guys. And he'll lift he'll list off about eight or nine guys. But once we get in season, it is pretty much, you know, the five that you you start games with. And and that and that's expected. You're not going to rotate the way you do on the defensive line. But really, I mean, this year. Carolina had one guy that they really appeared to be able to trust uh, as a rotational guy, and that was Jonathan Adorno. Outside of him, it didn't seem like Carolina trusted anybody, so the opportunities are going to be there for these guys when they come in. I don't think things are really going to change that much this offseason. Maybe they do, but... I still think opportunity could be there. So these guys coming in, you never know how early uh, they will step in and make an impact. So that's a look at the two guys that Carolina has landed. We're going to take a quick break. But then when we come back, it is time to give you our 10 most wanted prospects. Each one of us will give you our top 10 prospects that we want in this class from 10 to 1. Make sure you guys stick around. You won't want to miss that here on this edition of the Heel Tough Walk Podcast. Back right after this. Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boost. Check out the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. on the East Coast. And 3 p.m. and 6 p.m. on the west coast to see what prop bet will be boosted when it comes to Super Bowl 57 I have to go with Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs they've been here before I know this is a team in Philadelphia that feels like they're hitting their stride once again but I just trust Andy Reid as a head coach to find his way past Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles so I'm gonna have my money on the Kansas City Chiefs I will be putting down some money though on Hassan Reddick because I do think if the Eagles do win he will be the guy that will be a big part of why they pull that one out so tons of prop bets you can bet the line in the game the over under all that great stuff at DraftKings sportsbook download the DraftKings sportsbook app and use the code tpp and new customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings sportsbook and a only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcasts, all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user, head over to Twitter at Healtuff Blog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow, and you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Healtuff Blog at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at Hack 2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. Hey guys, welcome back in Heel Top Vlog Podcast. Anthony Pagnotta, Zach Hubbard with you. And now let's get into it. It's the top 10. We do it every year. And it's always one of those editions of the podcast that I think uh, at least we enjoy. We like it a lot. We hope you guys do as well. And look, this year you know, more than even in recent years. Carolina, one of the things that Mac Brown has done a little bit different than some of the other teams around the country is they're very strategic, him and his staff, at handing out offers. Well, Carolina this year, you're starting to see with some of the new coaches that have come in. Charlton Warren I think is a big influence on that. Gene Shizik. You're seeing Carolina sort of spread it out a little bit more. They're handing out more offers and it's still early in the 2024 cycle as well. So you could see even more as we progress here. So there is a little bit of a wide range of guys that are here and uh you know I know when I put my list together, you know I kind of look at some guys that Carolina you know, you feel like they have some decent ties with. I, I I think that's part of what goes into some of these um decisions of putting guys on the list. Because look, if you if you really wanted to, if you're looking at all the guys that Carolina's offered, number one would probably be Dylan Rayola, the quarterback, number one player in the class, um, guy that's, you know, realistically, I would be absolutely stunned if he even thinks about. Carolina at any point Um, it's an offer, but it's one that, you know, we, we, we probably take off the table. So when I go through, I kind of look at the guys that, you know, not only are extremely talented, but are guys that you feel like Carolina has a little bit of a realistic chance at. And I think, you know, we've kind of noticed that about each other's list over the last few years. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we're ready to do it again here for the 2024 class. We encourage you guys, of course, to send your list in as well as we go through our list. So, uh Zach, let's start with your number 10 prospect here in the 2024 class. Where are you going to start out this list? Yeah, so to start out at number 10, I do have um, a wide receiver out of North Carolina, specifically Grimsley High School
0: in Greensboro, North Carolina, which will be familiar uh, for a variety of players to North Carolina fans, especially those that follow recruiting. Uh, but this prospect for 2024 is wide receiver Alex Taylor, mm-hmm. out of Grimsley, uh, listed at about 6'2", 175. Uh, from walking his film, sort of, he, though not you know, in the 6'3", 6'4", range, does play sort of like that prototypical larger outside wide receiver. Um, I think he does sort of, of guys that fit that mold, um, I think he sort of shows the best ability to, you know, run down the field straight wide and speed, which I I do value not only in the Longo's offense but in Chip Long's offense. Uh, speed for wide receiver, at least for me, is going to be a premium. Obviously, the height for that specific role is is going to be great as well. That's sort of what you get them for. But um, you know, that just that ability to get a little bit of separation or you know, just to create space for yourself, even for the tall guys, is always going to be important for me. And I think sort of Alex at this point has the best combination to that, at least from what I can see thus far from these taller wide receivers, which North Carolina tends to, you know, generally want at least one of those guys per recruiting class. Um, Obviously, this North Carolina staff specifically – uh line galloway has a relationship there at the Crimsley. that's sort of his area there in greensboro and obviously you know recruits the wide receivers as well so I, I think that they stand in a pretty good position right now um i know that there are going to be others involved certainly uh nc state clemson involved some as well but you know this is a guy already that i, I think north carolina is in pretty good spot for about a guaranteed spot but a good spot and you know if, if there's a quote unquote hall or wide receiver in this class that I'm looking for it's probably going to be Alex Taylor so,
1: yeah, at, at number 10, you'll see Alex Taylor on my list here a little bit later. Number 10 for me, I go to the linebacker position. Uh, I've got Ashton Woods, who is a linebacker from Walton High School in Marietta, Georgia. Um, that's a school that Carolina has gone to before to land commitments from. Uh, Marcus Allen came out of there. Um, now, of course, Derek Allen coming from there as well. But... Uh, Really, you know, the, the linebacker is a spot that Carolina is going to need guys in this class because, first of all, the depth there is not great. I know they brought in three guys in this class, but, you know, they did the, the three guys that they brought in, not exactly as, as talented, uh, just you know, in terms of, of pure rating and everything like that, as Woods is. Um, And the thing that I had, you know, a question about. Um, With some of those guys, you know, even Michael Short, um, who is really the guy that I think is more of the off-ball linebacker uh, than the other two, Um, these guys, you know, how can they cover in space? Lavalle, as well as Amari Campbell, guys that are downhill linebackers. And so I, I think they're going to be looking for more help, guys that are a little bit more athletic, that can drop into coverage, but can also be those guys that can play downhill at times, especially, you know, with. The futures of, of Cedric Gray and Power Echoes a little bit unknown because if they perform the way they did again this year, uh, the NFL will be calling both of those guys. So, um, you know, the, I, I think Woods, you know, when I watched him, uh, I saw what I what I want to see in the linebackers, uh, a guy that's extremely athletic, but also extremely physical. Um, I thought a guy that moved really well in in the open field, didn't really see him play sideline to sideline a whole lot, a lot more of a downhill guy in terms of his actual film. But definitely when you look at him, the the athleticism, uh, really the build that he has as well, 6'3", 210, uh, he's a guy that can move sideline to sideline. He's got the athleticism to be able to do it. Um, and, And when he comes downhill, Uh, He hits you and he hits you hard. And that's the thing that Carolina wants. They want guys that are extremely physical. Um, He's not a guy though, that is looking for uh, the highlight reel hit. He's a guy that is really strong and does wrap up really well. So uh, I think there's a lot to like about him. And, you know, when I, when I watched him, I I saw a lot of things that sort of resembled Cedric Gray. And I think, um, you know, he would be a pretty good fit to fill those shoes The other benefit here, of course, is that he comes out of the state of Georgia. And this would be, you know, a guy that right now ranked currently in the top 500 overall. He's a guy that has a chance to climb as well as we go throughout, uh, you know, the next few months and even into the season. This would be a a big domino for Carolina in the state of Georgia. Look, there's a lot of guys that Carolina um, was not going to be able to get from the state. Guys they haven't even offered that are really amongst the best players. That's a talent-rich state. And when you got a team as good as Georgia, it's going to be hard to get the best players. But adding a guy like this would go a long way to helping you establish that pipeline there. So I think there's a lot to like about Ashton Woods, and that's why I have him number 10 on my list. We now move to the ninth ranked player on our list. Zach, who you got?
0: Yeah, number nine. I I actually have another potential offensive lineman, but I'm going to label this guy more so as an athlete right now, just because he's a very unique prospect at the moment. Um, Another guy out of North Carolina, specifically Puff High School in Cornelius, and Egan Boyer projects maybe as an offensive tackle, but you know listed at 6'8, but weight is all over the place. I've seen uh, 225 sort of earlier in his junior year, maybe 245. 247 Sports has him currently at 265. And just from looking at the film, similar to uh, Andrew, Wyseski that we discussed a little bit earlier. Uh, This guy is not even close to college size at the moment. Pretty skinny legs at the moment, but plays almost similar to a blocking tight end, which that could be an option potentially, but, you know, a a very raw prospect, I would say, at the moment, but very interesting just based on its height. Um, You know, just based on the build, I would say, you know, probably nowhere near quite the level of, athleticism, but just the role that he plays from his high school at his own level kind of looks similar to, you know, like a Darnell Washington that you'd see at Georgia Again, not the athleticism, not wholly that skill level, but just that size of, you know, towering over people being six, eight, you know, there's sort of an interest there of could this guy have the weight and grow into an offensive tackle? Could he be a fit in? Could he play defenses as as well with this link plays a little bit of sort of defensive end um, at at the high school level as well. So I'm very interested by him as an athlete. I, I think if you get him, you know, in that offensive line room, if you get him with a coach like Randy Clements, he's a guy that could continuously add weight over a few seasons, sort of develop his body, develop his craft. And by the time he's, you know, a redshirt sophomore, maybe a junior, could be a very, very developed player and a very good, very good player on the offensive line. Um, if we sort of see that continued development that we've seen from guys sort of that start out smaller weight wise, but have that frame to sort of build up to being offensive lineman.
1: Yeah, he's he, I will say this, he is not on my list, but Boyer is, is a very in, Yeah, he, he is one of the more interesting prospects that I've watched because you're right. Um, and especially the most shocking thing about him is, is that he plays at Huff. And Huff's a 4A, so Huff is a legitimate D1 factory. They put guys out every single year. I mean, Carolina has landed a few guys from there. Most recently, of course, Tad Hudson, uh, who just came in in this past class. And with him, it's it's weird. The reason I stayed away from him is, yeah, you don't really know what position he's going to play. I mean, there are so many different uh, positions that you could possibly play him at. And the size, especially because I, I, I'm I with you, I think offensive line would probably be where you would project them. The size really, really scares me for that. He has to put on a lot of weight, and we've seen guys that really have to add that weight. It's not on the same side of the ball, but if you go over to the defensive side of the ball, um, Ke- Keyshawn Silver was a very similar type of guy. Came out of high school, was in the 230s. Um, looked like, you know, at the time, he was a guy that was probably going to be an edge rusher. Carolina added so much weight to him and tried to put him inside as a defensive tackle, that's where it concerns me. Once you start putting a bunch of weight on these guys, sometimes it's hard to control because what we heard with Silver was he got a little bit overweight because the things that you have to do to add weight to guys and to do it quickly, it's hard to slow that down sometimes. So um, that's the reason that I kind of stayed away from him. But yeah, he's one to keep an eye on. He's a really interesting one that I think you know, could catch some steam here, especially if he comes in and and that body looks a little bit different uh, heading into his senior year. You could definitely see uh, some things pick up around his recruitment. Uh, Number nine for me, I have the four-star cornerback out of the state of Virginia, uh, Asad Brown. Um, He's a guy that you've probably seen a lot of. He has been visiting Carolina since he was a freshman. Uh, Extremely close ties with Tony Grimes' father, Um, so we'll see, you know, what what exactly that effect has on it, but Carolina, look, cornerback's still an area that Carolina has to uh, really take a hard look at. They've got to recruit some guys there. You know, they did a good job of scrambling and helping themselves out this year in the transfer portal, and look, they've got some guys that they brought in in this last recruiting class that I think, uh, in their minds, they feel really, really good about, and they think, uh, can develop into the types of corners uh, that they need them to be, but you know Assad Brown is, is a guy that, unlike anybody that Carolina brought in in this last class, is over six foot. He's a guy that is a traditional zone corner. He fits a lot of what Carolina's defense wants right now. Um, I, you know, the thing that I liked a, a lot about him, um, for especially for a corner, he's a he is a really really good tackler as a corner. Um, really helps out in the run game. That's been something that has really driven a lot of people crazy. Uh, at times, you know, Tony Grimes was a guy that people questioned whether or not he wanted to help in the run game. Storm Duck was a guy that I think people questioned if he could help in the run game, not that he didn't want to. Um, so I, I think this is a guy that from what we've seen on film, he fights off of blocks um, and and he's a guy that's willing to help out. So that could be huge, not to mention, you know, when you look at him as a as a coverage guy, extremely fluid hips. I mean, when he opens up and turns the runs, it's, it's very easy for him. Um, that's something you love to see out of a high school corner. And he really gets beat over the top. Um, you know, there are a couple of times where he does have to have safety help over the top. You would imagine that at some point Carolina is going to get to a point where they can actually have safety help over the top. But for the most part, he does a really, really good job of staying with guys. Um, I mean, it's it's extremely rare that you see him getting beat badly on film, uh, which is something that we've seen over and over again uh, over these last couple of years from, the, from Carolina. And the other thing I like a lot about him as well is he does turn his head when he plays the football. And that's something that we're hoping is a thing that was Dre Bly coached and that's something that'll change under Jason Jones. You would imagine so because Jason Jones is a guy that is all about creating turnovers. We've seen that from what he has done in his previous stops. Asad Brown, I think, really fits what Carolina wants at the cornerback spot, and he should be a really, really uh, high-level target for Carolina in this class uh, and one of the biggest targets for the team out of the state of Virginia. Uh, So let's move on to our number eight guy. Zach, who you got at number eight?
0: Yeah, number eight, I have a quarterback uh, originally from Louisiana now out of of uh, the Atlanta area in Georgia, uh, a quarterback uh, named Raymond Mosby. Uh, this is bad, mm-hmm. guy that I think North Carolina has had interest in pretty early on. Just from watching the film, I, I'm pretty interested in him as a defensive back prospect. Um, he recruited primarily this corner, but I think he does have somewhat some flexibility to potentially be a, a nickel guy, maybe a safety, but probably more of that outside corner or nickel role, I would say, for the time being. I think that he moves pretty well. It, it looks like he can follow the guy sort of in, in space to track the ball pretty well. That's good stop and start ability, which I think is going to really come in handy if they sort of stick with uh, the current scheme that they have under Gene Kizik, which um, this past year you know, gave receivers a good amount of cushion and a good amount of space. And the ability to sort of move quickly from, you know, from depth up to a ball carrier, I think, is imperative here. I think he shows some good tackling, some good instincts, you know, in space of getting guys on the ground and, you know, coming up and laying the lumber a little bit. So just as an overall prospect, I think this is one that, you know, is an interesting potential pickup, like you mentioned, sort of with, you know, Saad Brown, this is a position that North Carolina is going to have to try to rebuild. Obviously, saw a lot of movement out this offseason, as well as a lot of movement in not only at the high school ranks, but with uh, transfers coming in here. So, you know, I think this is, this is a position, like you said, that North Carolina is going to have to look pretty intently at. And I think that Raymond mostly is a guy that I've got my eye on as, as a guy of interest and, you know, therefore number eight on my list here.
1: Yeah, he was a guy that just missed out for me as as well. I, I really liked a lot of the things that I saw from him. You're you're right. I think a real aggressive, hard hitting guy, um, and I, you know that's something you don't really see that from corners. You don't see corners that hit hard. It's rare. Um, you know, Assad Brown's more of a, a just a, a solid wrap up guy. He just does a good job tackling in space. That's probably what you need at this point, considering we've seen, you know, some corners that just struggle and miss tackles um, in space. But uh, yeah, no, Mosby is definitely one that I think if you don't know that name, keep an eye on that name because, yeah, he's unranked right now. But I think he's another guy that you'll see start trending up a little bit as we move forward. You know, number eight for me, I, I go to the safety spot and I go back to the state of Virginia um, out of the Richmond area, and it's Zahir near It's a guy that just got offered here recently. And he, he's a guy that I, I, you know, I've been keeping an eye on him for a little while now. I felt like this was one that was taking a little bit longer than it probably should have for the Tar Heels. And really the biggest thing with him is ton of speed and just a ton of versatility as well guy that to me reminds me a ton of what you saw from Jaquarius Conley coming out of high school Um, probably with a little bit better speed I think you know that he's able to close on the football incredibly well um, and that's what you want from your safeties you want guys that can you know close that that can cover a lot of space really quickly Um, it, it allows you to prevent some of those big plays down the field which is something that Carolina has really really struggled with and the other thing you know as I said they need safeties really at this point you just have to take any sort of shot at the safety position because the guys that carolina has been rolling out there these last couple of years no matter who it is even last year you know they bring in don chapman and they were better later in the year with him back there but don chapman still had his issues at times there so it's important for carolina to find guys that can be game changers at safety I really liked what I saw from Rainier on film. Uh, not a guy that had a ton of interceptions, didn't turn the ball over a lot. That'll be something that I think you'll want to see a little bit more from him in his senior film and, and as he eventually comes on campus and potentially develops. But... I still think this is a guy that is certainly worth taking a risk on. And I definitely think that this is, you know, another guy that if Carolina is wanting to keep that pipeline to the state of Virginia, which, you know, they do, it's not going to be as easy this year, especially with, you know, the fact that Carolina has already missed on a pretty significant receiver from that state. Um, and you, you, you don't have, you know a guy in, in Tony Grimes that was really influential in that seven five seven area for a lot of the younger kids. His dad who was involved there, but still Carolina can 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 have an impact there if they want to. And I think this would go a long way to helping that. So now we move on. Who you got at number seven, Zach? Yeah,
0: number seven. I have a guy that you've already mentioned and cornerback. Uh, Assad Brown sort of looked at uh, Assad Brown and Raymond Mosby as sort of two corners I had my my, my eye on but uh, Assad specifically just had a little bit more athleticism and man you know when you turn on his belt he really can fly he is really all around always involved sort of where the ball is gets there very quickly and I, I really like that I appreciate that That's sort of what you look for in any defender it's just a guy that's getting involved wherever the ball is Uh, And another guy, you know, out of Virginia, specifically out of Chesapeake, And, you know, sort of as you mentioned, you know, North Carolina with the departure of, you know, not only Dre Bly, but Tony Grimes, um, I think that it's going to be important, maybe not necessarily in in a huge way in 2024, but just in the upcoming cycles. This is going to be an area that North Carolina can't afford to just, stop recruiting or to not have success and mm-hmm. obviously they've sort of added georgia into their main repertoire alongside north carolina virginia is still going to be there but the tidewater area specifically is still going to be a huge uh, you know geographic location of emphasis uh, really throughout the region you know it's huge in virginia it's make a break for the virginia teams penn state likes to get in there a lot mm-hmm. north carolina teams but more specifically for our discussion, North Carolina really wants to establish a footprint there and, and, you know, get talent out of there. So I think it would be great not only because of who Asad is as a prospect, but just getting more guys, getting more names, getting more, you know, players of influence out of the Tidewater area. I think that's going to be huge. If you don't have a guy like Dre Bly, and we'll see, you know, sort of how the staff pivots to sort of make up for that, that lack, who sort of takes over that area. Um, but, you know, a guy like Asad Brown, if you get a guy that's a player at that level, I think that that speaks volumes. You know, even if you don't have a guy like Trey still on staff getting, you know, an influential player in that area, I think that's really the next best. thing. Yeah. And, and
1: I think the other thing is, too, is you have to look at it at the at the cornerback spot and it's going to be this going to be a big one. There's no doubt this is going to be a big one for Carolina because this is a chance for Jason Jones to start recruiting his type of guys. So I think, you know, these are guys that we're pointing out there could be other guys that eventually emerge here, but I definitely think, you know, Assad Brown's a guy that I think fits in, in both areas because they're still going to be extremely zone heavy. Gene Chizik's running this defense. The biggest thing for them is to prevent the big play. And I think, you know, there, you've seen at times, a lot of the thing you know, a lot of times you you watch when you turn on Brown's film, he has chances to make plays on the ball. He just cannot finish it off. And he gets very frustrated with himself when he can't finish those plays off. Um, but, You know, hopefully that's something that uh, Jason Jones will be able to work on with him. Um, The good news is, though, he's in position to make those plays, and that's ultimately what you want to see. You know, number seven for me, another guy that could factor in in the defensive backfield, but... A guy that right now is a true athlete. And it's going to take some time for Carolina to find him. It's a school that we will hear from again later on in this list. We go to the Christ School, though, and Khalil Conley. Um, This is a guy unranked right now. But I'm telling you, folks, if you don't know who this kid is, you better go watch him. You talk about a guy that might be the most explosive player in this class. Um, I mean, just the, the straight line speed. I mean, he might be the fastest player that Carolina has ever recruited. Um, it, it I, I was just blown away watching his film. Um, and to think that there was a time last year uh, or or the, the the year prior, um, when he was at his previous high school, Asheville High School, where he played quarterback. Um, it's just hard to imagine. Um, I mean, this dude absolutely flies in the open field, and he does it on on all – in all three phases, uh, he he has played defense. He plays defensive back. Uh, it shows up there when he can simply just fly in space to ball carriers to make tackles. He also is able to break on the football extremely well because of that. Um, it shows on the offensive side of the football. I mean, him with the ball in his hands about as dangerous as anybody that you're going to find. And even, you know, pre-throw, uh, he's a guy that the speed is just so hard for so many guys to keep up with. And then they use him in the return game. He, he, he has that straight line speed that just burns right by guys, but he's also a guy that can factor in in coverage situations. So there's a lot of different things. The reason he isn't higher on my list, to be honest, I don't know where Carolina would play him. Um, there's not really a clear spot for him. Uh, I like what I see from him on, on, you know, at the times where he's playing defensive back, but there's not a ton of snaps of him playing defensive back. A lot of his highlights are on the offensive side of the football. So, uh, I think either way, Carolina would probably take him because he's just that much of a freak, um, that you will find a spot for him somewhere. Um, I just you know, for me, it's it, it, he would be a little bit higher if we knew the position. I would love for him to develop into a guy that could play safety with that speed, the ability to go, um, you know, just uh, if you can develop into a guy that can cover you know, basically sideline to sideline as a safety um, that could help, you know, cover some of those deep plays um, when guys are, you know, beat over the top and you have a guy that's as fast as he is that can help you recover. Uh, That would be something that would be great for this defensive backfield to have. I think regardless, he's a name that you should get familiar with uh, here as soon as possible because This is one that could pop up on the radar for not only Carolina, but a lot of teams here moving forward. Uh, We now move on to our number six player in the 2024 Most Wanted Targets. Who you got, Zach?
0: Yeah, Most Wanted, at least next on the list, uh, would be a defensive end uh, of the state of Tennessee, specifically Brentwood Academy and Brentwood. Uh, somewhat near that Nashville area, a guy by the name of Pink uh, Weber, uh a really a, a guy that I find interesting, sort of along the edge, either and you know, either one of the defensive end spots, uh, but particularly more of the you know strong side or power defensive end spot. He's got a really good build right now. Listed at 6'4, they have him at 230. I think he looks like he could be up to 240, 245 really with no issue. And you know could get sort of in the 260 270 range i don't think without any issue the main thing i noticed just from watching this film coming off the edge that he is unblocked very quickly that's what i'll say as soon as he's engaged with an offensive lineman it, it's like a snap of the finger he's out of their clutches and he's already getting them into the backfield very quickly um, so there's already sort of an advanced knowledge of, of how to escape an offensive lineman and, and sort of get to the backfield very quickly, which is something that, you know, North Carolina has somewhat been missing uh, from their defensive line from the pass rush unit is just getting disengaged and, and getting towards the quarterback. This is something they've been trying to do, you know, for a long, long time of, you know, find a way to get into the backfield to, Put pressure on quarterbacks to contain quarterbacks when they want to run, and try to turn that into tackles and loss and sacks. And you know, I think just right now, uh, and I do think there will be a developmental period with him, sort of gaining that weight, gaining that strength. Once he faces uh, college offensive linemen, but just his ability to sort of disengage from offensive linemen and get to that backfield. I'm very intrigued by that, and that's why I have him where I do on my list.
1: Yeah, he was he was one of the first guys that was off my list. I mean, he was right there. Um, I I agree with everything that you said. I really like his ability to uh, disengage from guys. The one thing that does concern me a little bit is, you know, his play style. I feel like he's a guy that's probably, as you said, probably going to play that power end, and that's a spot where Carolina really wants those guys up at around 255, almost 260, Um, and to be honest, that spot, at this point, I don't really know if it's even been defined. They are still going to be time, I think, where Carolina's got to figure that. Out, um, it seems like every other spot along the defensive line they have figured out. But you know that spot, you know I, I came and Rucker played there for most of the year. Um, but it's it's still a spot that I think Carolina's got to figure out ultimately. What do they want it to be moving forward? Do they want it to be a bigger guy that can help? You know fit the run a little bit better, or do they want it to be a guy that is going to primarily rush the passer? And if they do want it to be a guy that primarily rushes the passer, you feel like that could lend well to Weber and and him staying maybe a little bit smaller. Uh, but yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see. Uh, Ethan Calloway, uh, is the guy that I have four-star offensive tackle out of Lake Norman high school in Mooresville team that, uh, Carolina team that just offered him. Um, and he was a guy that honestly, I was kind of shocked that it took him this long to offer him. I was shocked that Jack McNeil jr. Hadn't already pulled the trigger, but this was one of the first things that Randy Clements came in and did on the recruiting trail. And I like it a lot. Um, Callaway is a really, really solidly built prospect. Um, I think he's he's that guy, if you're looking for somebody that's going to come in and potentially be able to make the early impact just based off of his size – um, it's it's probably him um, he, he he really fits the bill I mean he looks like it um, first of all and I, I think that's the biggest thing I test wise you want to see a guy that that looks that size when you, uh, you when you when you first take a look at him and, and I think that's that's ultimately you know uh, th- that that's what he is and I, I think that Carolina um, you know they need to take care of these in-state guys I've said it you know, a couple of times here on this podcast already, those in-state offensive linemen—it's an area where Carolina has struggled. Just go back to this last class. Carolina let a few good offensive linemen get away. Guys that, um, you know, really a guy in Sullivan Absher, that was very that that was very well tied to Carolina was wanting uh, to come to Carolina, but Carolina wasn't able. Uh, to blow him away on the recruiting visits, and he ended up going to Notre Dame. So Carolina's got to take care of the guys that are in their state down there. They still need help along the offensive line, and they need guys that are going to be physical and play with a little bit of a mean streak. And that, again, is what Callaway does. Now, the thing with him, and the reason I really like him, is – he, show, you know, he shows the same things that we talked about with the other guys in the run game. He, he's able to just overpower guys. Um, really, really good first step off the line of scrimmage. Almost never takes a false step. Um, and that's something that you really like to see. But the thing for me with him is a much more polished pass protector. Um, still not like he's playing in an air raid system. So it's, that's not the entirety of his film, but you still see it more often than the other guys. And he looks really good when he's out there pass protecting. Um, I think he does a good job with his hands. He he has good hand placement, which allows him to control the guys that are rushing against him. Uh, I also think he has really good lateral movement. I like the way his feet move. He can shuffle um, really well and stays in front of guys. I just, there's a lot to like about him. And, you know, there's still plenty of time for development. He looks really athletic as well. Some of the pull blocks that he uh, has on film are really, really good. Um, I, I just think this is one of those guys Carolina's got to prioritize um, and make sure that they can lock up from in-state. They need that help along the offensive line and they need to continue to build up this this fence around the state. Um, I don't think that, this past year, you should be overly panicked about it. But look, the thing is, is that Carolina is doing what they have to do against other teams in the state of North Carolina. They're taking care of business in those areas, but they're letting – these bigger name teams nationally invade the state of North Carolina. They have to get back to doing what they were doing in the 2020, the 2021 class, not as much the 2022 class. That was really heavily the state of Virginia, but that was really because the state of North Carolina wasn't exactly loaded 2023. You had some really talented guys, that were just taken by schools, you know, outside, especially along that offensive line. So they have to get back to protecting that, and Ethan Callaway would be a start with that. We now go to our top five, and how do you kick it off, Zach? At number five.
0: Yeah, number five. I have another. North Carolina prospect, uh, and this time another wide receiver, specifically out of Providence Bay School, which probably is going to be a school that we're going to be looking at a ton this recruiting cycle. But uh, out of Providence say a wide receiver by the name of Channing Good- Goodwin, uh, mm-hmm. not uh, really like what I see just from his overall frame it. as it relates to his skill set. it at 6'1", about 165, so a little bit slight for a wide receiver, but that's not be far-fetched at this point um but I, I really like how he plays plays both inside and outside Not too too small has a good size um not necessarily uh the quickest burst just off the line but i think he's got a good understanding already of how to utilize space to get open and then really really good top line speed i think he has uh, obviously you know very productive uh plays in charlotte so you know place uh a, a good amount of good schools within the state and you know already a guy that if you look at some of these um if you look at some of the you know the 247 or the three rivals their own specific sites uh, uh, there's a there's a good amount of you know buzz already around him that he could be a potential riser you know here in the coming weeks and months so he's a guy that i have my eye on you know we'll see sort of where he ends up going does have a lot of buzz to Michigan. His father uh, played at Michigan, so obviously you have that legacy angle. Um, and, you know, Michigan, the, after two bids to the college football playoff, obviously he's going to have a lot of use on the recruiting trail, but I think both Carolina at least has a chance here. He's a guy that I, I certainly have
1: interest in as a wide receiver addition in 2024. Yeah, he kind of goes hand in hand with his quarterback, and we'll, we'll. I'm assuming you know both of us. I, I mean, I know he is definitely on my list. I mean, I know he'll be on your list somewhere. Jaden Davis. That th- they go hand in hand, and that's you're right. The the Providence Day connection is going to be huge because you've got. Um, you know, you got Goodwin uh, that's there with him, uh, as well as Jordan Ship, another guy that Carolina is recruiting in this class uh, at wide receiver. You also have the 2025 uh, offensive tackle, the top prospect in the class as of right now, in David Sanders Jr., uh, who is another guy that Carolina has gotten on campus already. So they are they they are definitely looking at that school. And doing everything that they can to try to recruit guys there. Another one I actually forgot that was really close to almost being on my list uh, was Brody Barnhart, the safety there. So that place has become a factory. No shock. Chad Greer is the head coach there. Um, Yes, you should know that name. That's Will Greer's dad. Uh, he, he has built multiple programs up throughout uh, the states of, of, of both North and South Carolina, um, and they have a ton of guys. I, I, I you know, the thing for me, um, reason I didn't have, I don't have either him or his teammate Jordan Ship on there is frankly because Carolina just does, they have bigger needs than wide receiver, but With Goodwin, the thing that stuck out the most to me, you talked about him creating separation. He's just a heck of a route runner, man. He is so so polished for a wide receiver, um, especially for an outside receiver. You see some slot guys that that, that are really, really strong route runners, even coming out of high school. But it's rare to see some of these guys, especially that have size, because it's just so easy to have your quarterback throw you a lob ball and you high point it and go get it. That's not a good one. He does a great job of creating separation. You mentioned the flexibility that he has uh, between the slot and playing on the outside. So, yeah, he's an extremely intriguing prospect. The thing for me at this point, when it comes to wide receiver in this class, I mean, you could you could probably put together a top 10 just of the receivers in this class because uh, there are just so many great ones that Carolina uh, is recruiting at this point. The problem is, is that... Uh, how many is Carolina going to take? That is something that I think will be very, very interesting. Uh, Number five for me, uh, I have a guy that's unranked uh, as an edge rusher, but again, it's partially because Carolina really needs edge rushers, and it's partially because I don't see how this dude is unranked, and he probably won't be for very long. Uh, I go into the state of Georgia. It's a high school that you should be familiar with, Mill Creek High School. Uh, That's where – uh, Carolina was recruiting Caleb Downs out of a year ago. So a really high level of football in the state of Georgia. And it's Cole Mullins, a guy that plays a little bit of linebacker, plays a little bit of defensive end, edge rusher. Um, So the way that I think of him is sort of what we've heard about Amari Gaynor, the transfer from Florida State, and how Carolina is going to use him. He's played off the ball at times at Florida State, but they feel like his strength is edge rusher. And when I watch Mullins, I think that's that's probably the case as well. Thing with him, he is 240 pounds. So to me, I, I think he probably projects in that jack spot. Um, you know, we haven't seen him a, a lot really at all in coverage. That's the one thing that scares me a little bit, although hopefully moving forward, you can get to the point where you do not have to drop your Jack into coverage that often. We didn't see it too much this year, but there were still times where it felt like it was way too often that Carolina had to drop uh, either, you know, Chris Collins at times, Noah Taylor, although Noah Taylor was a guy that was much more uh, averse to handling that. So, uh, but, but I think, you know, when you watch Mullen, Mullen's a guy uh, that I think is just incredibly powerful um, first of all, one of the biggest compliments you can pay to a guy that plays on the defensive line, high motor, um, a guy that is always fighting. You never see him take a playoff. off. Um, he, he does, you know, a really good job. I think of getting in there and 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 showing off some of that power and strength that he has at times against offensive linemen. And look, it's not undersized offensive linemen. I, I mean, he absolutely overpowers guys that you know are trying to block him out of the tight end spot. He's taking on some of these bigger offensive tackles, and there's times he is just mowing right through these guys. Um, I, I, the thing is, though, is that, look, not only can he do that, there's other times where he does a really great job of mixing in some of those technical pass rushing skills as well. And that's what you want to see. You want to see a guy that can mix it up a little bit and keeps these guys on their toes, not go to the same move. Over and over again, really good release off the line of scrimmage allows him to gain an advantage right out of the gate, especially against slower offensive linemen Um, and really just a guy that when he plays on the edge, he lives in the backfield. Uh, The biggest thing is for why I have him as high as I do on the list is because Carolina really needs help at the edge rusher position. I think it's an area they have to offer more guys at, because they just have not handed out a lot of offers there so far. Uh, Once again, goes back to, you know, a conversation about Tim cross and what, what he's actually doing at times, but, Uh, I think that's an area Carolina will start picking up those offers here, hopefully uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, But Cole Mullins is a guy that regardless, when I turn on his film, he's a guy that has to be one of the priorities for Carolina out of that state of Georgia. And I want to see this staff hold him in high regard and really push to land him at the end of the day. Move on to number four, Zach, who you got there?
0: Yes, at number four, I have – I'd say an interior offensive lineman out of Florida, specifically Ponte Vita, Florida. Uh, They're sort of near Jacksonville, and that is Jake Guarnero. Um, Like I said, interior offensive lineman, so could play guard, could play center as he is about 6'3 to 6'4. But just when you put on the tape, the first thing that you see, and it's something that we've harped on again and again as... You know, as we discuss offensive linemen, recruiting offensive linemen, specifically interior guys, is aggression. He is aggressive in blocking guys. He's taking guys to the ground. He's knocking them over. You see sort of that natural mentality that you want to look at on the offensive line. Uh, And, 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 you know, you see it in some guys. you, You don't see it in others. It's hard to find. Already there, like I said, at 290, So already has a good size on him. Uh, I do think he's a guy that's going to, you know, be pretty well recruited in the state of Florida. Uh, the University of Florida already in on, on him. Probably FSU and Miami might get in as well. We'll see sort of how the, the other programs in the southeast recruit him. But I really like what I see from him. I think if Carolina can realistically get in there and sort of you know, create a stronghold that can be competitive there. And um, I think that this is actually a guy that you want to look at taking could be a very foundational piece for that offensive line, specifically run game moving forward into the future. Yeah, I mean,
1: look, there there are so many guys out of state along that offensive line that I think are great options. I think, you know, with 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 uh Guernera and and some of the other guys, I think the biggest thing is is what are Carolina's chances with a lot of these guys? Because, uh, yeah, you see some really good things from him, physical player. Um, I also really like Malachi Tolliver out of the state of Georgia at a Cartersville High School. Um, he's probably the most polished pass protector out of anybody in this class. Um, moves really well. Just with him, I think the question is, does he have that mean streak? Ah, uh, Cameron Cameron Warren. Um, thing the biggest thing with Cameron Warren guy that is going to have to put on a lot of size you talk about a dude that plays uh, about as physical as anybody though he's out there Gibson Pyle out of the state of Texas I like him a lot he was just on campus recently Um, another guy that kind of projects as an interior offensive lineman. And I think would be a great fit because I love the physicality that he plays with. And then Mason Wade, another really good guy. I think there's just, there's so many guys. Fletcher Westfall is another one. That's a guy that's way, way up there on probably a lot of people's boards Uh, with him. I, I don't really know if there's any shot for Carolina. That feels like one at this point that Carolina just floated out there. He'll be snatched up by a much bigger program, but, um, I think, yeah, that's the thing is there are a lot of really good offensive line options, and I think that that's one of the biggest things that Randy Clements has to do here. A lot of these guys were offered by Jack Bicknell Jr. He's got to kind of look at it, see if those guys fit his system. He has a tough job to try to narrow down uh, this group of offensive linemen, but there's so many different ones, and Gunner is a, a really, really good option uh, there Uh, to have on on your list. Uh, For me, at number four, it's a guy you talked about earlier, uh, and it's the guy I have highest rated amongst the wide receivers and the only one on my list, and that's Alex Taylor. Um, I just think with him he is the most complete receiver of anybody. There are so many different things that some of these guys can do. Um I mentioned, you know, Channing Goodwin and a, a great route runner I really like, you know, some of what you see from Jordan Ship both before and after the catch. Um you know, there, there's, you know, a ton of stuff to like about uh, guys like Keenan Jackson, who who really is just a possession receiver, does a good job of creating uh, enough separation when he needs to. Uh, Micah Gilbert's a guy that just finds ways to get open for himself. Uh, Terrell Anderson, big, lengthy guy on the outside that has, you know, good, a, a real long strider and a guy that you know has really good hands as well but for me you you're just talking about a guy that has every one of those things that I listed all in one for Alex Taylor um good speed not just my, not not mind blowing speed by any stretch but I mean he does a tremendous job of creating separation and the thing for me is that It's not because he's just flying by guys. It's not because he is running the crispest route and just absolutely shaking guys. Don't get me wrong. He runs really good routes as well, but it's just he finds a way to get open enough. And that's what that's that's an attribute that you love to see from receivers that can just find a way to get themselves open enough to make a play on the football um the you know he, he's a guy that has the size as well um and and it shows up on film with you know his ability to go up and, and get the football he high points the football as well as anybody and he's 6'2", 175 pounds, pretty good size, but there are taller receivers uh, that Carolina is recruiting. Terrell uh, Anderson, as I mentioned, Keenan Jackson, Micah Gilbert, all those guys uh, right now are listed at 6'3", but for some reason, this is the guy that does a better job than anybody at going up And making a play on the football, he climbs the ladder over multiple defenders at times and comes down with it. Um, And I really like, you know, some of the plays that he's able to make with the football after the catch. Because he's the guy that really Grimsley trusted as their possession receiver. Uh, He would be that guy runs a lot of slants on film. Um, and he's just, you know, he does a great job of, of still finding ways to create separation against that, even though he does it over and over again, but really after the catch, you know, he's got a nice build to him that allows him to sort of run through guys. It's also what makes it so difficult for defenders to try to play the play through him and make plays on the ball. So it's just a complete receiver that I think will fit in perfectly with what Carolina wants to do uh, and what Lonnie Galloway wants in his receivers. That's why I got him number four on my list. All right, Zach, here we go. Inside the top three, we haven't agreed on much in terms of the positioning of some of these guys. Even we've, we've had you know, some variation uh, in, in terms of the guys that we've even had on this list. But I think this top three, I think we might be rather similar. Let's see, though, who you got at number three.
0: Yeah, number three, I have a guy that, you know, there's – I think there's questions about how realistic he is as a potential option for North Carolina. But the guy that I really – really like as a prospect and a guy that you just sort of have to swing for the fences on uh linebacker out of price school in arden north carolina in Hayden jones listed at 6'4, about 205 uh, could be up in the 210 range so some, somewhat of a lengthy guy right now but just in terms of coverage ability as a linebacker i mean it, it's hard to ask for much better than what he goes sort of in that department He is going to need to add weight. He is going to need to show a little bit more of an ability in the run game, which is really, you know, sort of one of the the major jobs of linebackers, especially historically, but just in terms of what he can do and his athletic profile frame obviously gives you some options to drop him down from sort of the, you know, a a free rushing um, edge guy. And then, you know, those coverage abilities, you can probably play him, you know, as as sort of maybe not a nickel, but maybe, you know, if if you have a dime package, you're going to feel good about keeping him on the field um, potentially as a a pseudo six uh, defensive back and and keep your main, you know, you know, your main Mike linebacker down there. So I really like his athletic profile. He is sort of getting recognized by know other programs has had interest in Alabama visited there Mm -hmm. already. In January uh, has that offer, so they're going to be a factor here. So you're going to have to look out for that. And I'm sure with that offer, you're going to see other, you know, schools probably specifically within the SEC. Maybe Clemson um, as another ACC school, but you know, you might see a Georgia or or an Auburn or something like that get involved. But you know, I, I think that this is a guy. It's
1: going to be hard, but there's certainly that chance with it being an in-state prospect and a really really good profile. Specifically, in being a coverage linebacker at this time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just an absolutely tremendous cover linebacker. Here's how you know he's great: they can line, they line him up in the slot multiple times, and he's playing on slot receivers as a linebacker. Um, and look, Carolina. There are times where they're putting their linebackers in that situation too, and you know, look, I I, I love Cedric Gray. Um, he's just not a guy that's that great in coverage um wasn't that great in coverage when he was even in high school uh Caden Jones is this dude can legitimately move about as well as any linebacker that I've seen in space um you know in, in a while um especially you know in in the ACC I mean we're probably talking about this dude this is a guy that draw that everybody draws a lot of comparisons to I mean we drew this comparison when we were you know talking about Ra Ra Dillard during his recruitment. he resembles a lot of what Isaiah Simmons is. His skill set is so versatile. Um, he's a guy that can go from you know one rep being a guy that's in the slot and coverage to rushing the passer on the next down. Um, I, I think he's a guy that can play sideline to sideline. I love his tackling ability. He's about as shorthanded a tackler as anybody that you're going to find in this class. Um, Yeah, I think the only downside, as you mentioned, is this recruitment's going to get really big, really quick. Uh, He just took a visit to Alabama, received an offer while he was out there. Um, Arden, North Carolina, it's in a weird spot in the state. Uh, it's an area that you know Carolina is is you know still of course going to be able to recruit him because they are um you know the the state school but it, look it, it, when you map it out, he's probably going to be pretty close to Clemson to South Carolina. It may actually be closer uh, than he is to Chapel Hill. so uh, they may not even really have the geographical advantage with him. now one thing that is interesting with him, Don Chapman talked about this in an article that he wrote recently is that they do have uh you know a, a, a familiar source um within you know that that's tied to the program in some way that is playing a factor. Uh, with him, I believe it might be uh, somewhere in his family, and if that is true, then that really, really helps Carolina's chances here. Um, but it, it's it's definitely going to be something that Carolina they're they're going to have to put in a lot of work here to be able to land them. Now, like I said, I think they should be spending a lot of time at the Christ School because I th- that's that's an area that you know with him and Conley. That's a school that's been, you know, really up and coming here these last few years as well. I think you've got to be out there recruiting that school pretty heavily um, here over the next couple of years. So hopefully Carolina puts in that effort there. Uh, but, yeah, as you said, that that's one of those ones that uh, is going to take a lot. And it really it's going to take Carolina getting back to what they were doing, uh, you know, in the twenty. Uh, 20 class the 2021 and 2022 classes in order to be able to land him I have him number three by the way as well on my list if you guys weren't picking up on that with me breaking him down as well so who do you have at number two on your list Zach yes and number two uh, a guy
0: that I would probably despise and lead right now but obviously one of the higher ranked guys within the state um, plays a lot of running back um, is being considered as a wide receiver as well. So I would just call them maybe just an offensive skill player. Uh, but I had Jonathan Taylor yeah. uh, he is a little bit on the shorter side uh, at five nine one seventy, 170 out of Burlington, North Carolina. But I really, really like, you know, what this guy can add just as a versatile piece, which I think is going to be pretty important in chip long's offense chip long you know has been you know seen or sort of has been connected uh with um gus malzahn and and within that offense they like to have pieces similar to what you'd see in uh, a dan Mullen offense but they want to have guys that can do a lot of different things they want to have guys that can you know line up at different spots and i think jonathan taylor sort of fits that perfectly as a guy that can potentially be a slot receiver for you but also can be a a running back as well sort of a you know an all-purpose back or scat back for you as well um this is another one that's going to be a you know a highly contested recruitment nc state obviously a big factor here. clemson as well um so and south carolina also, that's been, like I mentioned at the beginning, having a little bit of a lift in their recruiting success. Mm-hmm. Um, North Carolina is involved, is going to be involved until the very end. Um, but like I mentioned, I think this is a perfect sort of piece to add to whatever this new offense is going to look like, depending on how much change there is. If you see sort of the, that, you know, on option Elements, I think he'd be a great addition to what they want to
1: do there. Yeah, I mean, the thing with him is he is a more modern offensive weapon. Uh, people are just obsessed with, you know, some of these guys like Debo Samuel and these these guys that, you know, you can use at receiver, that's their primary position, but you can also use them at running back. Um, and, and I think with Paylor, it's it's a little different because I feel like you're right. He's going to be a guy that you'll probably line up in the backfield more than anything. But There's so much versatility to him that, look, if if you feel like, hey, we don't have room for him in the backfield, well, we could just play him in the slot and we can motion him into the backfield and do some things with him. We can give him some of those jet, uh, jet sweep tosses and stuff like that. That's the type of thing that. I think if your Carolina should attract you to him, and it's why I've got him number two on on my list as well. Um, first of all, you know, can absolutely fly. I mean, when he gets in 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 space, the acceleration is crazy. It is it is ridiculous how how he can go from 0 to 60 as quickly as he can. Um and it just makes it so much more difficult for people to tackle him. Very shifty as well. Um so there's a lot of playmaker ability to him. Uh I think with him it's it's going to be, you know, can you find that primary position for him? Does he settle in really as that running back that can split out and play uh, at receiver, but that versatility is just so, so attractive. And it's something that, you know, if Carolina could find a way to implement it into their offense, it could really take their offense uh, to another level. But as you mentioned, uh, NC State is heavily involved here. Um, that's uh, you know something where look, Carolina should be able to beat out NC State for them. Um, they they have recruited against State extremely well since Matt Brown came back. The thing with him though is you would imagine that there will be other teams that will get involved. Um, his height that could be one thing that sort of keeps some of the SEC schools away, some of the bigger SEC schools. But you're the the dark horse uh, out of everybody that you're talking about. Is South Carolina? That, that's a team that right now is just uh, about as hot as any team in the country on the recruiting trail, uh, with what you're seeing from, uh, from from Shane Beamer, and they just you know went into that athlete market and took one of the best players in the entire 2023 class. So Carolina is going to have some work on their hands with this one as well. But uh, considering he's from Burlington. This is one that Carolina should be going and seeing as often as possible. He is right down the road, um, and it's it's easy access for Carolina, so hopefully they take advantage of that. Uh, let's move on to our number one guy. We probably have uh, the same guy here, Zach, and I don't think it should surprise anybody who we have at the top of our list yeah it, it absolutely should and this was a guy that you know for a
0: good while i didn't think was going to be a legitimate prospect I thought this was you know basically uh done or basically sort of decided in a few directions but um some instability um i would say specifically in michigan has sort of opened this recruitment up and you know has made me feeling a little bit better enough so that i'm I, you know willing to go ahead and pull the trigger with having him as my number one candidate and I, I imagine you're number one as well and that's mm-hmm. you know five-star quarterback Jaden davis they're out of uh providence in the charlotte area the quarterback for you know some of the wide receivers that we mentioned in jordan ship and tan goodwin but uh really really good prospect as a quarterback obviously five-star right now there's a feeling that he You know, it may drop a little bit in in subsequent rankings, might not be quite at that level, but certainly a top 50 prospect at the very least. Uh, A guy that sort of plays within himself, is athletic, can move, um, is able to put some good spin on the ball. And, you know, a quarterback has been such a big component um, for North Carolina in sort of Mack Brown 2.0 era with Sam Powell and now Drake May. Both guys from the state of North Carolina, both guys that had a lot of success, um, and you know project fondly into the NFL. You know Sam already there, Drake likely to be there after this coming season. So you know obviously there's other quarterbacks on the roster, but you just have to look at this pattern and feel like there could be you know great potential if Dan Davis wants to you know sign up and, and come to Tampa Hill would be you know squirrely in the mix uh, potentially for a starting job in. 2020, you know, 2024. So um, I I think that this is a guy that if North Carolina has a chance, they're completely going to put all their chips or as much, you know, force into this as they can to sort of get this one done as there is somewhat of instability at at Michigan uh, with their you know, co-offensive coordinator uh, being released from his job and with sort of, you know, Harbaugh, consistently in the air will he return to the nfl and stay at michigan so you know with all that being said I, I i think that this is you know the number one prospect i think that north carolina does have at least a chance here and for that reason he's going to be my number one
1: yeah look strangely enough you know when we talk about these top three guys that we have and we both both have them, you know in the same order you know this is weirdly the one that we're I, I'm starting to maybe feel the most confident about. And yeah, you're right. A couple of months ago, even just a, a few weeks ago, uh it was hard to say that. Um I thought a couple of times and especially towards the end of the end of the regular season, I thought it was pretty much over for him. I thought Michigan was going to have his commitment, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the stuff with Jim Harbaugh, just flirting with the NFL and look those, you know, he, he is, you know, committed to them now uh, again, this off season, he did it multiple times. Uh, once just, you know, out, he released his own statement and then a second time through the team president, but Even still, even after all that happened, uh, apparently, I don't know if it actually happened, but uh, the way it was phrased, I believe so, uh, the Denver Broncos still interviewed him for their head coaching job. Um, So it's a real weird situation. Probably one of the weirdest ones we've really seen in recent memory with a college coach where it feels like it's pretty much it is pretty much year to year. If there is a good enough NFL job where there is mutual interest, Jim Harbaugh will not be there. He will go to the NFL. Um, so, if you're a guy that's a quarterback that is wanting to go and play at a school like that, is it is it worth the risk? Or are you going to a school where you know? Look, I, I know Mac Brown's getting up there in age. Mac Brown just signed another extension. He's going to be here through 2028, at least, under contract. So, you know, it's weird to think that somehow the 71-year-old has a little bit more stability to him than a guy like Jim Harbaugh, but it's true right now. And I think that's one of the reasons why Carolina – Probably has a chance. Look, we talked to Andrew Ivins, um, really, you know, just recapping the 2023 class the other day. He's the director of scouting for 24-7 sports. And he said, look, I was at a camp recently and talked to Jaden Davis. And he said, look, I I, – Still think there's reason to believe if you are a Tario fan, I still feel like they have a good shot. So, uh, I, the more you hear these types of things, he recently took a visit to campus that apparently went really well. You start to think to yourself, this one could actually happen, and especially if you can get in a guy like Jordan Ship, um, if you are somehow able to land Channing Goodwin, if you if you can bring him in before you bring in Jaden Davis, I think that would be massive. Cause as you mentioned, he does have the connection. His father played at Michigan. So that would be huge for Carolina if they were able to bring him in. So there's a lot of different things that you can do to help this one out. But in terms of the prospect, I mean, look, when I watched him, it, it looks so similar to what I saw from Drake may in high school. Um, it's just, it's so easy for him at times. Like, when you watch it, it's a dude that just looks comfortable. It looks like he is just playing a different game than everybody else. Because when he's protected and he's under control and he's doing the things that the play is designed to do, it's easy for him. Um, and even when he has to get off script at times, uh, it, it is, he he is able to make plays. I think outside of the pocket, he's tremendous. Um, Very similar to Drake May, I think, in terms of the deep ball ability. It's not an absolute cannon like we saw from Sam Howell where he could throw the ball 65 yards in the air if he needed to. Um, But it's a guy that I think does a just a tremendous job of placing the deep ball. Um, really just the, the placement on all of his passes, I think, are outstanding. Um, and, and it's really just a, a, another one of those complete guys at wide receiver. I think it fits right in that category that you were talking about with Sam Howell, um, Drake May, I think he's, you know, more comparable to May. Uh, I think he'll probably be in that same range as you were talking about, right near that top 50. Um, But he's a guy that I think, if you're Carolina, look, most important position on the field is quarterback. And, look, I like some of the, you know, the upside to both of the guys that Carolina uh, has brought in in each of the last two classes, Connor Harrell, and, of course, this year with Tad Hudson. This is, if, if you want to continue to progress as a program. And if you want to compete early, you know, in the 12-team playoff era to make the 12-team playoff field, getting a guy like Jaden Davis would help you do that. I think that has to be the primary target for Carolina. No questions asked. But really, I mean, all these guys that we've talked about, and this is the thing that's so interesting about this class, is that, Our top three guys, I think most people are going to have those. But after that, it really does get to a point where there are so many different guys that you could put on there. Um, And that's the thing. Carolina's got to figure out, you know, which guys they want to prioritize first. But really, I I don't think that they can go wrong with prioritizing any of these guys. Um, I talked about, you know, wide receiver it's, that's about as deep as it gets in terms of receivers. Now, Carolina missed out on, as of right now, what is the only four-star that they were recruiting in the class. Uh, Keelan Adams at a Green Run High School in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Uh, he announced today that Carolina not one of his final four. Um, but that's not really all that shocking. That was a guy that Dre Bly headed up that recruitment. Doesn't that shouldn't really stun anybody that he's not coming to Carolina. Um, but you know, you look at these those other guys at receiver, incredibly deep. Offensive line, incredibly deep. Um, the safety position Carolina's tossed out a lot of offers at uh relatively deep as well. There's a lot of those different spots. And so I I think there are so many different directions that Carolina can go with this. But I think you know, those those top three guys, if Carolina could Somehow come away with two, if the, by some miracle, all three, uh, you would feel like Carolina will be back to putting together the types of classes uh, that we saw prior to this year under Mac Brown since he has returned. Well, guys, we want to hear your list. Um, You know, make sure that you send them to us on social media, at HeelToughBlog. We would love to read those uh, from you guys. And we'll run through ours again really quickly here, uh, just so that uh, you guys, uh, in case you... Uh, have been following along with us or jumped in here in the middle of uh, this edition and, uh, you know, didn't hear some of our earlier ones. Uh, we'll go ahead and run through them. Zach, I'll let you run through yours and then I'll give you my 10 right after that.
0: Yeah, so at 10, I had uh, wide receiver Alex Taylor. At nine, um, I'll say offensive lineman, Egan Boyer, eight, uh, quarterback Raymond Mosby. B7, quarterback Asad Brown. Six has sort of defensive end, Hank Weber. Five, wide receiver, Chaney Goodwin. Four, uh, offensive lineman, Jake uh, uh Three, linebacker, Caden Jones. Two, athlete, Jonathan Taylor, And then one, quarterback, Caden
1: Davis. Yeah, I went number 10, linebacker, Ashton Woods. Uh, number nine, cornerback, Asad Brown. Number eight, Zaire Ranier the safety uh, from Virginia. Number seven, uh, Khalil Conley, the athlete from uh, Christ School. Uh, Number six, uh, offensive tackle Ethan Calloway. Number five, uh, Cole Mullins out of the state of Georgia, Mill Creek High School as an edge rusher. Uh, Number four, wide receiver Alex Taylor out of Grimsley. Number three, linebacker Caden Jones, number 2, the athlete Jonathan Payler and rounded it out uh just the same way that you did with quarterback Jaden Davis. So once again, uh, guys, we want to hear from you. Make sure you send those to us uh, or comment on uh you know wherever you are uh you, you were able to find this post. Uh we would uh, love to see those because uh again, as I said, it's going to be really really interesting to see, you know, the different guys that people are maybe prioritizing uh, for a team that does have some areas that they really do have to work on as they try to take uh, another step and really uh, navigate what right now is a, a bit of a crossroads for this program, uh, just in terms of their overall standing. Um, guys, make sure you head over to the website, HeelToughBlog.com. Check out all the stuff we've got over there. I do have the article of for me breaking my guys down, my 10 guys down a little bit further for you guys, so make sure you are checking that out. Also, uh, we do have, you know, the news of Mac Brown's contract extension that is up there for you guys uh, to read. We tell you why, uh, you know, Carolina does end up extending the head coach uh, of the team, Um, why it probably shows that he is not quite near retirement yet, uh, even after the comments uh, that he has been making that seem... Uh, to show just a lot of frustration overall with the direction of the sport and the conference. Uh, Seems like Matt Brown is on for uh, a little bit more here uh, over these next few years. Um, So we'll have you covered with that as well as any of the other offseason storylines. Go back, read those uh, breakdowns of what Carolina is getting in Desmond Jackson uh, as well as Andrew Rosinski. we we'll go a little bit deeper into those as well. Basketball side of things, Carolina just lost the other night. Again, to Duke, they have an absolutely crucial game on Tuesday night against Wake Forest. It's one where if Carolina loses... Got a real feeling that they could be outside of the tournament field when that next group of brackets is released. So this is a, an extremely important one and an extremely important stretch for Carolina as a whole as they try uh, to really get something rolling after you know coming in as the preseason number one team and having uh, basically title or bust uh, expectations this year. We'll have you covered on all of that on the website, dot com uh also make sure that you guys are uh, subscribing to the podcast, both this one and the Four Corners podcast, uh, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, when you're there, not only uh, make sure that you are hitting that subscribe button, but also that you are rating and reviewing both podcasts. We would greatly appreciate that. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank Zach for hosting with me. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!